You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For all NBA NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat and Karima and Greg, the producer. Woohoo! It's a foursome tonight, baby. We are back. The Dubs are winning still. <laughs> the show offs with all of their graphics. <laughs> Give me some balloons. Give me some balloons. Listen. Ooh, fireworks. Yes, baby. <laughs> no, I think this is. Is this sign language? I don't know. Okay, there we go. We got some balloons. Mine doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I jinxed Karima. All right, y'all. We are here. The crew has been holding it down without me. Appreciate y'all. Um, <laughs> ESPN alerts popping up on my phone as we do this this uh, podcast. It says, Dre lets KD hear it, you know, after he... blocked that well stopped him prevented him from even getting that shot off at the end of the game this was a great game I'm so happy to be back to discuss this game with the three of y'all tonight I've been missing the winning not that I was not having an exciting time in Las Vegas but still I wanted to watch the dubs play and I couldn't I know there's been some great games I know Steph has been doing Steph things um so yeah, tonight we got a little bit of everything from everyone, so we can talk about it and get into it. But Draymond's Draymond's fingerprints were all over this game tonight. Um, Steph didn't have the best shooting night, but he was still very good, and obviously he hit a huge shot when it mattered most. It was also after he tried to sell the game a moment before, but we would give him a pass for that. Um, (laughs) um, And then you just have a number of players playing well, being aggressive. Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, that lineup continues to impress with the addition of Draymond and um, Brandon Pajimski. I feel like Brandon gets um, overlooked in that lineup often because it's like ever since Dre came back. But I do think actually having both of them in the lineup um, helps it. So he hit a, a big shot. Um, so really good game from all of them. Clay had some struggles tonight. We'll get into that. Um, some other things I want to get into, like can Dario only play when Chris Paul is in the lineup? But we'll talk about that later. But there's just so much to hit from this team. So let's get into it. Um, Justin, where would you like to begin? Yeah, I guess we got to start with Steph, right? GP2! Oh, shit, I forgot to give him a shout-out. But we can start yeah. with Steph. But welcome back, GP2. Also, also, instant impact, as he always does when he gets back. I mean, just, whoo, he was good. He was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. Let's start with Gary. Let's actually let's start with Gary, because, like, 
I mean, like, I, I still think this team should play Trace more. I think they could have benefited from getting the big at the deadline, mainly for defense when Draymond is off the court purposes. But when you have Gary, it's like he can anchor a defense on his own. Like, he can be so destructive defensively that it kind of mitigates the need for a rim protector and all this stuff because he just creates something out of nothing on defense so often. And I mean, it's sustainable. Like, I mean, his health may not be sustainable, but him doing this when he is healthy is sustainable. And we've seen it at a championship level. So Gary being back is so huge because for as good as they've been when Draymond has gotten back, uh, since Draymond has gotten back defensively, when he sits, their defense is kind of like, it isn't the same, obviously, but when Gary is in there, he's such a game changer on defense that they can they they held the Suns to one twelve. Like the the Suns, I think either have the first or second best offense since I don't know, like the last month or two. Them and the Clippers, and their offensive rating has been like leaps and bounds above the the field, right? So they've been the best or one of the best offensive teams in the league for a good while now, and the Warriors pretty much shut them down. Like, and that's largely in part to, you know, Gary Payton II going out there and doing everything. 11-4-2 and two as well from Gary tonight. One steal, one block. He was 5-5 five of five from the field, one of one from three. He looks good. He looked yeah. good tonight. He played um, 14 minutes. Now, what do we think? He, I'm assuming he was on a minutes restriction tonight, but how many minutes do you think we're going to be seeing from Gary once he's back into like full, you know, game change? Um, probably like 20. I don't think anything really above 20 is, you know, wise considering like his health and those type of things. But, and they have, they have such a deep team. It's hard to give a bunch of guys a lot of minutes. So I think 20 is about appropriate for him. Okay. Okay. I mean, Lester, um, and, Lester and Pods played a combined 54 minutes. That's definitely getting chopped down. Like when Gary gets into the groove, obviously Chris yeah, Paul, Chris comes, Paul back. comes back. Um, play better. That'll probably, he'll cut into that as well. But yeah. But they did say that Gary was not going to be on a minutes restriction. Like that was the reporting when when Slater came out to say that Gary is back. He is available to play the Suns. And they did not mention a minutes restriction. However, I think just based off of what happened when he came back the first time, I kind of feel like it's an unwritten like, you want a minutes restriction until we feel, you know, X, Y, and Z, or depending on what the game actually is calling for. Right. Like if we're going to need you to go, go, then you're going to be in. And last so. time wasn't even a minutes thing, you know, it's like, that's just some no, shit. No, it was fluky. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, you can't really control that, you know, it's unfortunate, yeah. but you can't. Um, Karima. But what do you want to talk about? What was the the best part of the game for you? Um, I mean, I, then we would jump all the way to pretty much that clutch shot from Curry right, going in that, we love that I was just like, <laughs> exactly. But that I was up out of my couch. That was incredible. And 
running around the living room like a little kid at Christmas or whatever. Not that I celebrate Christmas, but you know, um, I get it. So it was just, it was so amazing because this is new information. You don't celebrate Christmas? I do not. Um, (laughs) But Bradley Beal almost stole that ball. He was, he went for the steal yet Curry still wrangled it and it nothing but net. I was just like, oh my gosh, because it, it Pods really was the inbounder like on that? Yes, Pods. Was, was that a bad pass? I can't tell. I, I watched I it multiple it really times. Was... The Bills did a hand on it? No, no, but I don't think it was a bad pass. I just think that Bradley probably read that that's what it was going to be, but where it was, like Curry said in his um, post Seems a little far away from Steph. Was that Pods mm-hmm. put it at a distance enough that gave Curry that space that he needed, plus just out of reach of Bradley Beal of stealing it. But that mm-hmm. shot going yeah. up. It doesn't it, matter. That was just really got it. I think it was a slightly bad yeah. pass. A little off. I'm looking back at it now. I think it was a, it was an okay pass. I think he put it to only where Steph can get it, and I think Steph knew That's Brad couldn't said. get it. Could only get it because Bill could have gotten it if he was better. If he was like a few inches taller, if he was KD, right? If he was KD, but you see, they got that switch. I'm just saying. Listen, I'm happy. I love the outcome, man. I, I don't even know how Steph got that. Sh- like. The shit just was crazy. A lot really of Steph shots tonight in general look like shots that weren't supposed to go in and just went in. And like mm-hmm. not went in accidentally. Like the net didn't move. They just like went in anyway. It's like, what the fuck, yo? Like <laughs> I hate when they call you the greatest shooter, but you really are the fucking greatest shooter. Cause this shit doesn't make any sense, yo. Any sense. Greg. Well, I mean- you were texting me in excitement. So I know you were hype. I mean, the shot that Curry made was incredible. Just, you know, Karima touched on it. I, I, I noticed how they set the screen perfectly that got Durant out of the play and had to get Bradley Beal over there, and I know that that's what they were trying to do. But uh, other thing I wanted to mention, Jonathan Kaminga had another great game tonight. Goes 9 of 18 shooting and had 21 points. I talked about it with Justin a couple weeks ago where – Kaminga looked like he was shooting the three a lot more than we would like to see him do. And now he's just gone full attack mode on this run that he's been on. And it has been a huge difference maker because he's been such a presence inside the paint and in transition for this offense that, you know, that's been working well for them. So really, uh, really good performance by him and, and Draymond Green, seven of nine. They kept giving him open three point looks and he was able to just drive to the hoop and they weren't able to stop him. He was a he was some clutch buckets at the end too from Draymond. Yep, yep. He was getting the Nurkic to set too. It was it was great. Team is different when he's aggressive as a scorer, right? Nine shots from Draymond is a really good amount, right? Seven for nine because his shots his shot quality is always going to be really high because teams aren't guarding him closely. So if you can just take some of these slow footed bigs like Nurkic, get him in that handoff action and do the you know the ghost handoff and fake and go to the basket and lay it up. It's just easy points for him. 15 points. Uh, love to see Draymond have a performance like that when he's like going against guys who he genuinely does not like. 
um, because you know he's going to bring it as far as like the trash talk and all type of stuff. So to see him Did actually win and play well. not like Nurk before the choke out though, because that was Nurk a yeah. guy he always didn't like. I know Rudy was someone he didn't like, but Nurk was Nurk. Every yeah. time they played Portland, he used Portland? to get Nurk. Yeah. Every time they yeah, don't like Portland, each other. but not Nurk specifically. I don't remember. No, that. I'm saying Nurk. Whenever, yeah. whenever he used to play Portland before Nurk got to Phoenix, he used to always right. get to with Nurk when they played them. Like he, you can tell he don't like Nurk at all. You know, he he has oh, a stable with European bigs. Other oh, than Yogi. Rudy was the one who got choked. Right? Who got choked? I'm confused. Rudy, I don't Rudy got choked. Rudy. Nurk got Rudy. Rudy like, got choked. Slapped. Yeah. <laughs> Sabonis got stomped. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, there's just too many for me to remember. so. Um, too many. Yeah, I never actually had an issue with the um the stone. I didn't either. But uh, what? <laughs> she had, she had an issue with the stone. Oh yeah, yeah. I never had an issue at all. Um. Okay. Okay. So he can't stand. It just felt like there was a lot going on in this game tonight. Like it got very chippy. Um. It felt like a playoff game. Um. I tweeted during the game. I was like, I really don't like the Phoenix Suns. Like, there's no iteration of this team that I like. Like, they're all annoying as fuck, you know? And um, someone was like, it's because it's Booker. And I'm like, no, because I remember liking Booker. There was a time that I liked him, you know? And then I distinctly remember Chris Paul going to that team and me never, ever liking them again after that. And, you know, it's been different players. I mean, Book has become annoying to me. I think I also tweeted, like, I know why fans didn't vote for him, right? But Aiton was on the team before he was annoying. When Chris Paul was there, he was annoying. Like, it's just something about them and having annoying players and their aura and the way that they carry themselves. Like, you know, even that time when he made that shot, um, was it like right in the half before? Like, no one was around him. It was like a wide open three-point shot and he just shot it and stood there like mm-hmm. pose for like dumb long i just was like if someone were to like punch him right now i might understand i'm joking like that's not i don't really want anyone to punch anybody relax people but it's just something about him he has a very annoying quality to him i just think overall the suns collectively are annoying because they are carrying themselves arrogance very co- Cocky. Yes. And it's that's just like, it. y'all ain't really done anything since. <laughs> they haven't for, done anything. All period. of this. Yeah. We, we're yeah. not for about making it to the finals. We're about winning the finals. They haven't yeah. done but, shit. But, and they did it in a year yeah. where everybody was fucking hurt and injured. But you know what? But we're not even going to highlight that part of it. It's still just about their cockiness. And y'all ain't really done nothing. And everybody that comes through there, it's just they've all picked that up. I'm hoping that Royce doesn't because I really like Royce. But anyway, um, so it's just that cockiness about them. And, of course, this game is going to feel like a playoff one because it's, you know, Katie, Steph, and a little bit of Booker or whatever, you know, coming into this. So. And it's on, you know, ABC, of course. So it's prime time. Everybody's looking forward to this. Can, you know, the Warriors finally get a win over the Suns who have just been, you know, on this hot streak of winning and yada, yada, yada. And here we are. So, Greg, what did you make of, what did you make of um, Nurk clearly trying to bait Draymond all night? I mean, 
he, he only had six points tonight. He was three of seven for six points. <laughs> and he hit Draymond with the you're too small. And then Draymond bodies him up and says, No, you're too small. I mean, that was <laughs> <It's> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I was enjoying it. I was Nurkic enjoying it. Nurkic is really annoying. It thinks that he's way better than he actually is. Another annoying player. Fits the sun. Yeah. Yeah. And what's up with um what's the guy? Oki, what is his name? The one who just Oki? A Kogi. A Kogi. Why he always shoot lights out against us? What's up with that shit? (laughs) Who knows? Everyone, I mean, people rise to the occasion when it comes to the Warriors for some reason. He shoots like 20% against everybody else and hits all of his threes against us. Just one of those type of players. Someone like did it, and it really is like against us. He just has like these crazy games. So, Justin, I feel like, you know, watching the Warriors these last several games and they're back to 500 now. Woohoo! The Warriors are back to 500. But um, I feel like as we watch them, as they get healthier and players start to come back and we finally have Draymond Green consistently, we're starting to see the team as what we initially envisioned the team to be, Right which yeah. is why I repeatedly said, you have said it. Um, I know Karima never lost faith, but I'm just saying like, it, while I still think some trades could have been done, I was never of the mindset that this team didn't have the talent. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have a bunch of tweets like that. Like, nah, one thing you're never going to get me on is to say that this team is not talented. Cause I actually think this team is more talented than last year's team. And I would get so irritated when people would tell me this is the same as last year. No, it's not. <laughs> it's really right. not like this is a better team and they have the talent, like where the errors they could always improve. Sure. But they had the talent. It may have not been the best of the best, but they had the talent. And I remember when we did like our preseason previews, one of the things that you emphasized and pointed out was that, this team's depth is what makes up for their lack of talent at the top end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like we're watching that play out right now. Um, I mean, something, well, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm sorry. Right. Some, no, no, but, and then say what you're going to say. But something that I don't think we accounted for, though, in doing that assessment, like you've always been clear that Draymond's still like a very good player, but him shooting the three ball well this year, I don't think that was something we anticipated. Definitely not. I mean, there's a few things we didn't anticipate, right? Like pods being an impact player immediately. JK taking a leap like of this magnitude weren't things that this I... This is more than you imagine because you kept saying oh, one of sure. the young players has to do it and you likened it to what um, JP did, Jordan Poole did. So, yeah. but isn't this sort of similar to the kind of leap that Jordan Poole took? It's similar, but I think he's, I think it's beyond. Um, I think it's beyond because he's a front court player. Um, He's much more of a rim pressure threat, even though Jordan's like thing was getting to the rim and using his handle and stuff like that. And he defends in a way that Jordan didn't defend. So, and I just think like his offense is, it's much more sustainable than Jordan's is like, he's just getting to the paint and just punishing people. Like they can't stop him. Right. He's legitimately one of the best rim pressure players in the league at this point if he can sustain this so i think that is definitely beyond what i anticipated for him um now if wiggins and clay 
Well, Wiggins is kind of getting back to that form of what we expected. But if Clay can, you know, shake this recent stretch off and get back to Clay similar to what he was last year, as far as just being able to knock down open shots consistently, then we can have a conversation about whether or not the top end talent is far off for these other teams. Because I don't think it is at that point, right? Like if you have JK playing like this, Clay, Wiggins, Steph, Draymond, like not many teams in the league have a better five than that, I don't think. And then the depth is still there, right? Like, so, I mean, if they keep going on a run, then I think we have to completely reassess. I think they, they'll be even beyond what we anticipated earlier in the season. So that's how I'm looking at it. So how does, because we know Chris Paul is going to come back and get a lot of minutes. Like, God knows I wanted them to trade him. I really did. Because the way that Steve Kerr thinks that man is a crutch for this team drives me crazy it's always yeah but when we get Chris Paul we're without Chris Paul like like I'm sorry the words <laughs> I want to say I just can't say but the shit drove me crazy right so we know Chris Paul is going to come back and take a lot of minutes and we know he likes to run that second unit very differently right um and you know we okay we know that five-man lineup that works really well that includes pods but what happens when Chris Paul comes back? Is Steve going to tinker with that? How are Pods and 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 Chris Paul going to play next to each other, um, mm-hmm. in that lineup? What what is that going to look like? Knowing Steve Kerr, I don't want you to think rationally as to what should happen. I want you to think like Steve Kerr and tell us what's going to happen. Because I don't want to go through what should happen because it's not going to happen, right? Just like. Oh, he's going to play Moody now. We, we can talk about this too. But Moody is on the bench, right? And now Lester, I understand Lester's been playing well the last couple of games, but now Lester and even. Um, um, yes. Like everybody is ahead of. Ooh, no, is ahead of Moody right now. I don't think that's right because it's like, yeah, I get it. He was no. hurt and they're playing well, but when Moody plays well, he doesn't get this. He doesn't get, well, let me keep playing Moody. He gets it for like a game or two and then yeah. that's it. And it's a wrap, right? So I don't want to talk about what should happen and what makes sense because we know that's not how he thinks, right? So tell us what is going to happen when Chris Paul comes back. Um, I don't think he'll interfere with that lineup. Actually, I think he'll he'll let that lineup keep going. Um, but what about closing? Like, is he gonna feel a need? Because I feel like he's gonna feel a need to want Chris Paul to be on the floor when they close. I don't know. I don't think I don't think he will. I think earlier in the season when Chris Paul was playing and they had their guys healthy for the few games that they did, Chris Paul didn't close some of those games, right? It was this five, you know, the five, the starting five that we see now was closing a lot of those uh minutes. And I think once Draymond went down, you know, Steve was like, well, we need that ball handler in there. We need someone to make those decisions outside of Steph, do something with the ball when Steph gets doubled, all those type of things. Now that they have Draymond back and they have pods playing the way that he's playing, I don't I don't see Chris Paul infiltrating that closing lineup. I don't see him infiltrating any of their high leverage lineups unless he's playing out of his mind. You know what I'm saying? So I think just out, off the rip, He'll probably he'll take all of Lester's minutes for sure. So he'll it'll just be him and Pods, I think, running that second unit. And from there, whether his minutes increase or deep or or not depends on how well he's playing. I think. Because I mean, if 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 Steve is playing Pods over Clay at the end, I don't think he's going to be like, yeah, Chris Paul got to play over Pods. Like, 
nah, I don't think so. And I and let me just jump in here on this one. Chris Paul has been a witness to what he's seeing this team be without him and how no but i'm saying this is now draymond is like fully back back you've got wiggins i'm saying close to like 80 percent back and jk just on fire chris is watching this speed and for him to come in and just kind of slow it all the way down I just can't see him doing that. I know, but he's been sitting a while watching. He has, but I don't believe that's going to change. He seems like a smart enough player to me that if he comes back in, okay, we're going to give you a little five minutes of slowness, but but then we're going to need you to pick it up. I'm not convinced. Can't be in this low. I'm not convinced of that, Kareem. I'm going to tell you why. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. When he was there. And even when he'd like go sit down and like wasn't in the game, they would play faster without him and he'd be watching it. There were times that he's missed games before and they played when he wasn't there and they played differently. And then when he comes back, that's not what he does. So I'm a little nervous about that because he's watched it. I don't know that sitting out longer and watching it longer is going to make a difference. I just think that's his natural default. That's how he plays, you know. Um, So I'll be interested to see that. Um, because I'm just, I don't know. I'm a little nervous about the Chris Paul returning thing. Um, there's something I want to get back to that Greg said, but go ahead, Justin. Yeah, Before you do that, I do want to say like in those lineups where Steph and Dre and, and all those guys aren't on the court, like if they aren't getting out in transition, their offense is very, very, eh. right. So it may, it may benefit them to play a little bit slower and more deliberate in the half court. Uh, I guess we just got to wait and see it. But, like, if Steph ain't on the court, that offense is going to be a little eh. So you might as well, you know, unless you're speeding the other team up to turn them over and then get layups and transition, you might as well slow it down a little bit in the, in the half court because I'm not trusting Pods or Lester to run my offense in the half court and generate anything good. You know what I mean? As, and as, as long as Clay's shooting like this, that's another guy who is like, you're not really going to get a lot of good offense there. So you probably should just slow down a little bit, you know, just kind of do what they used to do um, in 2015 and 2016, where it was uh, Livingston and Andre and them just like, yeah, we're going to play slow, but y'all not going to score on us. And we just <laughs> like for the next five minutes, the score is going to be seven to three. And we're going to be, we're going to have seven. Y'all going to have three. And then once Steph and Draymond come back in, then we're going to run the score back up. So maybe that's how they do it. I, I would hope that he's not stopping fast breaks that are already in progress. But I think at least in the half court, he can, he can help a lot for them. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time 
every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay. Okay. We'll just leave that as a to, to be determined, you know, um, because I'm a little I'm a little nervous about him. Um, Andrew Wiggins. Because I keep hearing you guys say he's almost back. He's, you know, what does that mean? What is it? Are we just talking about his three-point shooting? Is that what we're saying is the part? What, what are we saying isn't back yet? The three-point shooting at oh, volume for me. Oh, okay. Oh, you want to go, Kareem? Oh, no. I, I thought she was just saying I, I didn't hear the isn't back. Oh. So, go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been saying, like, he's, like, 90% back for me. Um, I think the defense is pretty much all the way back. I think the three-point shooting at volume is the last thing to come back. Like, he was always a seven to eight attempt guy, um, like confident three-point shooter. He hasn't gotten quite back there yet. He did hit a, a three today. But um, once you see him confidently taking those threes and making decisions from the perimeter, I think that's when you can say, like, he's back back. Because a lot of his points right now are them just dumping him down the ball in the post, running the transition, getting layups there. But when he's an actual, I don't mind. Player, I, don't I don't mind, mind either. Yeah, I like him. I like him there because he's. I mean, he's an athlete. Like he isn't as forceful as Jonathan is, but he can put guys on the basket and just shoot that little hook shot. Um, yeah, like they he can was go to it as a at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Like teams are gonna give him that three and dare him to shoot it. They did it a couple of times tonight, right? So mm-hmm. if he can't make that shot. How detrimental is that to them if he's still playing aggressive and doing all these other things? Um, it just it's just one more thing that kind of hampers your offense. Like if he can, it's not something that's like going to be the reason why they lose, but it's like you can win much easier if Andrew today goes three for seven from three instead of one for four, right? Like you win much easier if Clay goes four for ten from three instead of one for seven. Like that's just. Even with the defense, it makes your I mean it makes your defense easier to play because you get to set up your your defense on the other end if you score every time. But I think it just you just come you become so much harder to guard when Steph has guys on his wings that can hit the threes consistently and make guys think twice about helping towards him, make guys think twice about helping down towards the rim on Jonathan. Everybody is playing defense a little bit more honest, you know. So So Greg, you'd mentioned that. Um Kaminga, you love that he's being more aggressive now, attacking, all of that. Um, I think it's also a little easier for him to do that because he's like a bona fide starter now. He's in that lineup. Like he just has so much more space to even work with, right? Um, playing out there with Steph versus some of the lineups he was playing in before. I mean, they they were up and they were, you know, sometimes he came off the bench, sometimes he was the start. Like, you know, he was kind of all over the place, but now it's like pretty set. So um, I don't know what, I don't know the full reason what accounts for like the, well, we we did talk about a little bit early in the year, like when he had to play more next to Chris Paul, he sort of was being relegated to be a spot up shooter, right? So just by function of the way they were playing, it was sort of forcing him into that role. But um, I, I don't know what it's about. You know, I do like that he is being more aggressive, but I wonder what's, made that change yeah i mean 
what's really worked for him, especially tonight, was just cutting to the hoop and they were just throwing the ball up in the air and he would just go slam it down. Like they alley-ooped him a couple of times tonight. They got in transition and they would just give him the ball and he'd go and slam it down. So, I mean, I think it's the in-transition offense with Steph running the offense and just the players coming to double team staff and play prevent from staff, it would get Jonathan open more. And so I think that's what really helped him out in that situation tonight. What? So in the postseason, when the postseason comes, Jonathan Kaminga has to be there. Steph and Draymond are their best two players in that order. Yeah. After that, who has to be their third best player? Anybody. <laughs> I was going to say, Honestly. it's a turnstile. It's whoever is cooking that that day. Yeah, I think it has to be. I mean, I think Kaminga has shown at this point with his youth, with his athleticism, his style of play, like he's probably going to be the most reliable form of offense um, like outside of Steph as far as scoring, if he can keep this up, right? The rim pressure thing, like that's just the easiest shot in basketball, a layup, a dunk. So Is that something in the postseason teams are going to better be able to defend against? They're going to game plan for it, and he has to be ready for it. That's why I want him to get more reps like against teams actually game planning for it. Then he can make a, you know, make the decision. And it could be matchup based as well. Like if they run into a team like Minnesota, like who has a ton of size inside, it might not be, yo, know, Jonathan try to score a bunch of times in the paint, right? Because it's like, that's just not going to be there most likely. But if you're playing a, a smaller team, a team like, let's say the Clippers, right? Like they don't have a ton of size inside. They got Zubak, but outside of him, they don't really play a lot of size. So that can be a series where Jonathan can kind of feast a little bit inside. But um, I think, like you said, Steph, number one, Dre, for the most part, number two, it could be matchup based for him because we've seen, you know, even on your championship run in 22, he wasn't the best, second best player every single game or even every single series. So it's like Steph, number one, and then like matchups, whoever's got it going that night between, you know, Dre, JK. And I do think like as up and down as they've been this season, Wiggins and Clay, like this team isn't going to reach their ceiling if they're not the best versions of themselves. Like there's no... There's nothing that these other players on the team can do to replace what the best versions of those two players can do. And they're absolutely necessary for this team to beat the best teams in the league. So you're going to need Clay to hit shots. You're going to need Clay to be able to defend. Um, even though he defended pretty well today. Like he, KD hit some tough shots over him, but for the most part, he defended well. You're going to need Wiggins to be locked down. And you're going to have to need him to, to be able to score as like a third or fourth option as well. So it's, it's Steph and then it's those four guys after Steph. And then from there, everybody just fill in, play with energy, uh, make quick decisions, don't make bad decisions, and I think they'll be fine for the most part. Well, this is why I remember when I tweeted earlier this season, I said I didn't. I was like, I didn't like all the the Warriors didn't do anything to get better, and da, 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 da. I'm like, well, that's not true, right? Because there's always things that you can reasonable expectations and there's things that are not foreseeable. Draymond Green being suspended and missing this many games, not foreseeable. Mm -hmm. Andrew Wiggins having whatever he was going through earlier in the season happen, not foreseeable. The only Mm -hmm. one to me that you could debate 
is foreseeable on some level is Clay. And while I do think people exaggerate um, how bad he's been at times, like to me, you just know the player who has had the kind of injuries Clay has, there's probably going to be some inconsistencies. And I don't know to what degree there's going to be, but you expect that. So I always expect there'll probably be points where Clay struggles, points, you know, like I just expect that. But the Andrew Wiggins part and the Draymond Green part, I don't see how you can plan for that, right? Like, you don't know that. You don't. So if you're assuming that those players are going to be who you think and know that they're capable of being, then you understand why this team believed that they had a squad this season, right? You know? Um, And so that's why I said, like, you know, bring us back full circle. I feel like you're starting to see that right now. You know, you're starting to see that. And we knew that some young player had to step up. We knew someone had to take a year three leap. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I just have this feeling at some point Moody's number is going to be called. And whether it's in the the second round of the playoffs. And and you know what? And he's going to be. And you know what? When the offseason comes, whatever the final outcome of this season is, he should tell the Warriors to kiss his ass. They should not. He should not believe in anything they say anymore regarding his career, how they're going to utilize him or anything. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Like, they deserve no more loyalty from him. They deserve no more. He's a good player. Good. Because, like, they're fucking him. No, they're really fucking his career, you know? And we're going to see him do some amazing shit in the playoffs. And what's going to annoy me is someone's going to say, well, you know, um, what Steve did worked because look, fuck, fuck that shit. <laughs> what worked was Jonathan Kaminga going to the fucking press. That's what worked. That's yeah. what worked. That's what worked. Advocating for himself, you know, because like I just, I just feel Moody's number is going to be called at some point and he's going to come up huge for them. And it's going to be like, why the fuck weren't we always utilizing this guy? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. No sense. I mean, he definitely should be playing over like Dario at this point, right? Yeah, Dario had to be good. You told me it was a little period the last time I spoke to you, Justin, and I haven't been on for a few episodes. So I know it's been more than a little period now. He's been looking yeah. sucks. He's been looking yeah. sucks. He has. I mean, I think maybe he was playing a little bit above his head earlier in the season. Now he's kind of like playing. Like he's better than this, like at this point, bro. <laughs> just sit him until he starts playing a little bit better. There's no point in doing this 11 minutes to Dario, five to Looney, five to Trace. Like just pick one. Right. Let's, and let's just pick Trace, bro. Right. Like, why do we it's have Trace. to always do this? Yeah. It's Trace. You go through this song and dance with these young players for you to ultimately end up at the young fucking players. You're going to end yeah. up at Moody in the postseason. At some point, you're going to end up at Trace. Like, this is so stupid. I'm just still not comfortable with it. What the fuck aren't you comfortable with? But he's no. comfortable playing Lester and Gee. Whenever he puts them in, but he won't play, he won't play Moody and he yeah. won't play Trace. It, that, it makes but in all fairness, though, Lester and there's Gee, no fairness. There's no fairness. Um, there's not in all fairness. Uh, more oh, work under their belt. This is, <laughs> I mean, what? This is why I think. 
No, what did you say? He, I wanna, what, what was Kareem? What, what underbelt? I didn't no, hear that. No, they've got more work. They've been in the G League a lot longer. This is like their second oh, or third Oh, wow. They've been in the G League a lot I'm longer. I'm just saying. But I'm just saying that. I, I don't understand. Is that a point that's supposed to support the choices? Well, yeah. It's, it's his comfort they've level. They've played more time in the G League. Oh, this sounds like. Um, a former player, Anthony Lamb, he played more time in college. So let's okay, give yeah. him more fucking minutes than the lottery picks that we drafted who have more raw talent, skill, and athleticism. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. I think I think Kerr, and the thing is, it's because they have this raw athleticism and this talent and stuff like that, that in a way it kind of makes Kerr turn away from them because they don't do the Kerr things enough. And it's like, bro, Everybody don't need to do the Kerr things enough. Like, clearly, Lester and Gee are playing more than Moses to me. And the same thing with Pods. Even though Pods has shown that he can do more than those than these things, they make quick decisions with the ball on offense, and they, like, never make a mistake defensively, right? Lies. But it's – which is – yeah, which is lies, right? I think it's more so that they move the ball quickly on offense. They make quick decisions. Like, Moses will catch it, and then he'll kind of delay a little bit before he makes the pass to where it's supposed to go or something like that. And I think that in itself makes Steve like, ah, let me just go to Lester. Lester gets it and he immediately, whether it's a pass, a yeah, dribble, a shot, he's making something. They're not always good. right. They're not always, not always right. They're not, I'm not saying I, I support this. Is, I'm just saying this is my theory as to what Steve is thinking. No, like I, and I believe you're right. I know it's some shit like that, that they're not Kerr guys. You know what I think? I think he needs to fucking go to therapy. That's what I think. Because he was a role player for too long in his life, and that shit's a trigger for him. It's like, like he will compromise them. You know, same thing. Have Steph. Not have the ball in Steph's hands so role players can shot. Like, get the fuck over this, bro. Like, some people just have more talent. They have more skill. And they should be fucking playing. Like, what are you doing? You're re- Because you know what happens when it comes time to negotiate contracts, right? They say, well, what did you do? You didn't have any production. You didn't play. Like, you're fucking screwing these guys mm-hmm. over dumb shit. And they can help you. Moses has proven he can help you. I know. I don't remember who the lineups were, but I remember Justin tweeted earlier in the season lineups that included Moody that were some of their best defensive fucking lineups. Yeah. It's not just his offense. Which they really could use. I'm not saying he's a great defender, but I'm saying he can help them defend. Oh yeah, sure. him and Gary he on the court knows. together. Was, he knows the spots. He knows. I mean, him and Gary on the court together was like really, really problematic for other teams early in the season. Like he was one of those guys in the league that was getting you like a steal and a block, or like some combination of of like three or four steals and blocks, like damn near every game. It's like his anticipation, his length, athleticism, all of those things defensively. It gets them out in transition. It makes them play Warriors basketball, which is why I was like, sure, he may not make that zip pass to the corner as quick as you want. Sure, he may not recognize a relocation three as quick as you want want him to do it. But the other things that he does definitely outweighs that. 
Right. And every time you do that shit, you fuck with his confidence. You Mm -hmm. fuck with him as a player. You know, every time you do this and it makes no sense to me. And if you're going to want a player like Trace, you know, to potentially be ready come the postseason, let him play. Yeah, yeah, he makes some mistakes, but he does a lot of great positive shit, too. And it will eventually become more positive if you let him fucking play. Right. No, it's just my point. Like, they may not recognize it as quick as you want, but like, hey, if you just keep letting them play through it, eventually they're going to freaking get it. But if you just sit them every time they make a mistake it's like dang how do they know how do they get the rhythm in, in the feel of when it when they actually do it right in favor of dario what is dario doing for you right now nothing thinking and I, it up and, and, and while i can up. get you holding on to loon dario is a fucking one-year rental my guy like why do we why do we owe loyalty to dario right why Anyway, the Warriors ones, I'm not here to rant too much about Kerr, but I just don't like what I'm seeing being done to Moses Moody. It's not it's not right. It is. You know, like I said, I just feel like his number is going to be called. He's going to do some great things for them. But honestly, he should tell them to go fuck themselves. Come, come. He should. He should. The Warriors aren't doing anything to help his career. Nothing. Yeah, they're not doing anything. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, I he agree. Has rings on his resume before he in before he asks out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the way the NBA sets up, like the way these contracts and everything works, you know what I'm saying? It's like it almost forces players to resign, you know, like with the team. But in the in, in the early years, but they're screwing him, man. They're really screwing him, and it's unfortunate. Um. I don't know if Dario is going to get better when Chris Paul comes back, but like, honestly, I don't see the purpose of him playing right now. Nah. Me neither. I mean, I think and we it, got the Jazz next, or is it the Clippers next? Is the Jazz, jazz next? You told yeah. yeah, Dario was a minus 10 tonight. And he looked all of a minus 35 to me. <laughs> he's, so. he's watching people lay the ball up. Like, he's just like going, yeah, oh, just, I can't get to you. So. Do coaches look at the plus minus numbers after games? Do you think? Do they I look at that? Yes. So, yes. Oh, yeah. and the Warriors yeah. do, and they have a whole team dedicated to this kind of stuff. Yes. So, Moody's plus minus the last three games that he played in, all positive. Dario, all no, negative his last couple of games. Looney, always negative. What? So why are you guys listening to me? Steve Kerr does not like Steve, doesn't like Moody. Like, he doesn't think he's a good player. That's clear to me. Like, even though he's never said it, because the moment he cannot play him, he doesn't play him. He plays everybody else over him. Like, he knows the numbers. Whatever reason, whatever it is, I don't know the reason, you know, Justin tried to explain what it is. I have no idea what the actual thing is that he doesn't like, but there's something about the way Moses Moody plays and what he does that Steve Kerr does not like, and that's why he doesn't play him. And he will only play him if he's forced to. If players are out and there's nobody else and blah, 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 blah but he will not play him. He won't. Yep. We've had, we, you guys have had this conversation 
for a while now. I mean, all of last year, you guys were saying Moody needs to play more. Moody needs to play more. And another year has gone, but another year is going by and he's barely playing. There's yet to be a player who we've said needs to play more that when they start to play more, they didn't help. Mm-hmm. We've been saying this about Moody and Jay Cason's last year. Since the beginning of the season, we've been saying play both of them. We've been saying play Trace before Trace was even getting play. In mm-hmm. in the offseason, we said Trace needs to be in the rotation. Yep. We'll see. And I will keep saying it. I will keep saying it because he needs to play. He needs to be the second big. Yeah. Legit. He was a plus four tonight and he didn't even score and he didn't need to. He did. He did everything that he needed to do, but he only played five minutes. Makes a difference all the time. Helps with the rebounding. I, I just don't. Switched on to Booker a few times and yeah, I got that stuff on Booker. Yeah. It's like he makes it tougher for the opposing yeah. teams out there. Why is he not playing? Who knows? I mean, I'm looking at the bench minutes today. Dario eleven, Looney five, Trace five. Why not Trace? Just give Trace all of those. <laughs> right. Trace twenty one. What, what did Loon do to, in tonight's game? Four rebounds. One, three points, four rebounds. He, yeah. He wasn't horrible. Like in his five minute stint, yeah. he wasn't I'm horrible. not saying horrible. I'm just saying Trace could do it. Trace, yeah. Cool. Trace can do Trace that and more. Could do it. Right. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I see it's 21 minutes split between all three of them. I think you could have just gave Trace 15 of those 21 and gave Six of the remaining to um, you know Gary or somebody else, <laughs> and and I mean let's let's hit some big shots, but I mean I think Moody's just a better player than Lester Kenyonis at this point, so he could have had all nineteen of his minutes to be honest. And I like Lester, like, but I think Moody has earned it. It's actually disrespectful well, to him. It's like, yeah, come on. it is. Yeah. It is yeah. multiple years in Very. a row. Very. That's why I don't want to hear about what he did in the G League. And I and I so like we were saying the the comfortableness. And I was speaking Kerr about wasn't down there coaching him in the I G League. Speaking, I was speaking about them up against Dario, why he was playing them more than Dario. That's where I was going, not up against Moses, why they're leapfrogging against Moses. That was not my right, argument. All right, all right. Let me get my Moses Moody shirt out. Where is it at? No. <laughs> I see mad hand motions. <laughs> Back to a more positive note. Gary <laughs> Gary Payton went five of five tonight and was just awesome and was awesome. great to see him back on the floor. Truly yeah. was. Did we Truly see was. his um his reaction, his live reaction to Steph's game winner? No, no it wasn't. It wasn't it. If you haven't looked it up, um, he's a character. He's a character. I mean, it was some choice words in there. It was some some profanity in there. But um, he just brings such a good vibe to everybody. Uh, Did you see yeah. KD's reaction? Yeah. Yeah, yeah was that was priceless. No, the, the funniest is Draymond, like, yelling at KD after the game. <laughs> that was great. Dude is hilarious. Dude is hilarious. Called him that P word and all of that. <laughs> 
That I missed. I'm not even gonna lie though. You I was also very irritated when they gave um Draymond a sack when he like stomped his Whoa. foot and did whatever. That's why Book missed that free throw. Like, yeah, ball don't fucking lie. Because <laughs> 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 you should make sure those free throws. He got fouled on that. It was like. He did. Dude, it, it wasn't one of those like, oh, it could go either way. No, there was major contact. And, but that's, what's it? Goble? He's always like that. Him and his brother. Mm-hmm. Nah, bro, because they wasn't giving text. Out. And look, Dre knows he's just going to get taxed for more shit. But I think what was annoying. Right, but that was. During the broadcast when when Doris, Doris and Green were just like, no, that's exactly what you do because you just nip it in the butt. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, I get like, the Draymond getting in ref's yeah. faces and being demonstrative and go, yeah, you give a tech for that. For not being nowhere near the fucking ref and just do it. Come on, man. Like, get out of here. Nobody get else gets that. Nobody else gets teed on that. They claimed everybody gets teed. Everybody on. does. Fuck up. Everybody does. I don't want to hear that. No. A lot worse from more players than that. Exactly. Just like when they were talking about Kaminga, and they were like, "Yeah, you know, sometimes it just takes players, you know, a while to get it." I said, "Or sometimes players just advocate for themselves. Like they will never. Like to me, this should be not. Oh, Jonathan Kaminga finally got. It. He's playing well. It should be." Why the hell? That's what most normal people do. Because I remember, like, maybe it was two or three games ago, after he's playing well, there were mad people tweeting, like, why has this guy been playing? Yeah. Like, other people who don't, like, regularly watch the Warriors night in, they're like, yo, this kid Kaminga's good. <laughs> yep. I want to know what all them Toronto fans saying now, because they were talking hella shit, like, I don't want any of the Warriors players. Oh, Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Kaminga doesn't impress me. Does he impress you now? <laughs> Clown behavior. How's yeah. Pascal doing over in Indiana? Okay. By the way, he's doing pretty good, I think. Okay. He didn't do all that great up against us, though. I'm just saying. Yeah, he never. Really I feel like it's been a little up and down. Hmm. I feel like it's been a little. I mean, Halliburton ain't stuff, but yeah. I mean, look, that's to be expected, right? Like, I mean, they they have to learn how to play with each other, but I just feel like it hasn't been like, woo not like, yeah. Not like how OG went to the Knicks and it's been like, yo. Yeah, they took off. I think Indiana's been like, kind of like, I think Halley's injured, but um, Pascal's averaging 22, 7, and 5 for them. He's shooting 57 from the field, 44 from the three. He's good, but like they're they're the the Pacers aren't really doing much right now. That's why I laugh when people say, Oh yeah, you know, no one he didn't want to come to the Warriors. No, he wants yeah. to go whatever team was gonna pay him. And <laughs> the Warriors just weren't willing to pay him. Right. Which I get. I'm not saying I agree with it or don't, but they weren't willing to pay him. Facts. That's and all that's it was really about. Whoever paid yeah. him, that's where he wanted to go. Right. He's making it seem like, oh, oh, I wanted to play with Miles Turner all this time. Come on, bro, Miles Turner. The lies, the Come lies, on, the lies, the lies. No. Okay, I want to, I want to take a look. Let's, let's move on from the Warriors. Shout out to the Dubs. They got what is this like five wins in the last six games or something like that? I believe so. Yeah. Five and one. What was the one loss? Four and one. We did a four and one the road trip. The Hawks. 
Yes, the Hawks. This is the sixth win out of the last seven. Six out of the last seven. So, um, all right. So the Dubs are back to 500. Justin has been saying, all, I mean, Karima too. Let me not, let me not shortchange her. They've been saying all season. Well, Karima has been saying, I just still believe. I just believe. <laughs> no. What? That's not what she said? No, I always say that. You know, well, why are they laughing at me? And, uh, <laughs> because they thought you were doing my voice, but. That was, that is you. That's how you sound. Work. That didn't work. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that I don't sound as like phone sexy as you, but that is, that is, um, you know, I um, but Justin, you've been saying for a minute that, um, there, they will hit a point where they win a lot of games, you know, where the record is like a handful of losses and mostly wins. Right. Yeah. Is, is that where we're at now? Is that is this the beginning of that? I hope so. <laughs> is that your impression of um, the rapper on the that one? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is a they have like I think second easiest strength of schedule remaining. Um, this was one of their harder games left on the schedule. 